Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Thursday morning, hoping all is well with you out there. I'm doing really well today. I started off my day with some green mangda, I think maybe like just a gram and a half of it, and probably like a gram or so of white tie. And it's given me the energy boost I need to finish off this week strong, so yay. (laughs) Okay, so today we have a great episode for you. I actually had a conversation with a listener uh, yesterday evening. His name is Ron, and he lives in Florida, and he uses Kratom. And I think that you're really going to enjoy this conversation because Ron brings up a lot of interesting points when it comes to Kratom, about how he uses it and how he first discovered it, what the situation is in Florida with Kratom and Kava bars starting to pop up all around where he lives. And in addition to all of that, he brought up a lot of insightful viewpoints around how Kratom is talked about, what the Kratom narrative is, and more specifically, how should it change? What needs to be focused on that isn't being highlighted right now? These questions were answered for me in this conversation, and I hope that you find it just as interesting as I did. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, and as always, thanks for listening. All right, so I am here with Ron, who is a listener of the show and who uses Kratom, and we're so lucky to have him on. So, Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you, and thanks for your email. And I think that we definitely should get into the things that you sent along your email because I thought that the points were really interesting and uh, well worth the time and attention. But first, I have to ask just a little bit about you and your background. What? Tell us a bit about yourself. Where are you from? What's your background? All right. Well, I'm originally from New York. Um, I grew up in New York, Long Island specifically. And then um, after I graduated, I went to college in Pennsylvania, worked in New York City for a year, and then slowly moved south and ended up where I am now in Florida. So I live in the Space Space Coast area of Florida near Cocoa Beach, um, Cape Canaveral, Cocoa Beach area. Um, I'm, so, you know, one of the things that I'm very avid outdoors person, uh, very avid you know, creative and, and, you know, enjoying creative pursuits like writing. My wife has a clothing business. Um, you know, we, we enjoy socializing, you know, and I think one of the big things that really kind of changed for us is we're, I'm 52. She's the same age as I am, is that we, we kind of, we don't have kids and we kind of found that there just wasn't a lot of things to do or places to go or socialize if, you don't really, you know, drink alcohol. And neither one of us particularly care for alcohol. I mean, we're not against it, but we just, it's not really our thing. So we, you know, we had, we had a, you know, obviously with COVID and everything, you know, that made it worse. But, you know, we had like a year and a half spell there where we really were trying to find places to go and socialize and things to do. And we were kind of like in a little bit of a rut because most people our age have kids, you know, doing things with their kids. And it kind of, maybe left us on a little bit of an island when it came to, you know, just finding somewhere to hang out and, uh, you know, 
you know, socialize and maybe just get out of the house. And that's kind of how Kratom, for the most part, fell into our lap. Wow, that's really cool that it's it's almost like you're already touching on things that I'm really interested in, like this idea of it's normal to have, uh, you know, there's this social norm of a gathering place around alcohol, but Kratom, not really, although it's kind of happening now, and, and which is right. kind of what you were touch, touching on your email and what you're saying here. So that's really neat. So how, how did you first learn about Kratom? Do you remember the specific time that you learned about oh, it? Oh, yeah. Well, so what happened was we we were looking for somewhere and I had heard of Kava. I think I had actually tried it once in the Keys, but maybe like half a sip or something. It didn't really register. And we were driving, you know, towards the beach one day and we saw a place and it was called Tide's Tea House. Um, they're a local tea house, you know, Kava Kratom uh, bar here in, in, in Cocoa. And I thought it was tea like, you know, like English tea, you know, like Earl Grey or something. We didn't know what it was. And we're like, hey, let's just go support. You know, we love to support local businesses, you know, as much as possible. We always will go to a local business. Um, so we just went in and uh, the owner, two, two young, two young uh, men, uh, mid, mid 20s. But the owner, Ty, was there and he explained what what Kava was and the benefits of it. And we tried it. We liked the place. And we're like, you know what? This is this is this may be a place we can hang out. It, it seemed like it had a cool vibe. You know, there wasn't alcohol in there. They have, you know, they're open from like nine a.m. to three in the morning. So anytime we wanted to go, we can go. And we just started going there and, and, and trying the kava. And then we noticed that, you know, kava. Obviously, if you've ever seen it, looks like it's mud. It looks like yeah. mud. <laughs> um, we saw everybody else was drinking kratom like in, in a glass you know it looked like tea or whatever and i always thought kratom was like cbd or like delta eight like i because you see it at the smoke shops here at the gas stations i, or I thought mm-hmm. it was like an upper I, I didn't know what it was um and then one day we just were like talking to the, the some of the people working behind the counter and they were like oh no they explained the benefits of it and we tried it and i, I think it was red i think they started us on a, on a red kratom and we were driving home that night and we were like just talking, my wife and I were just talking, you know, about things and talking about people we talked to. And my wife looked at me and she's like, what is this feeling? She's like, what is going on? And I said, I think I know what's going on. I said, this is what it feels like to be relaxed. And, oh. <laughs> and I, and, you know what I mean? And, and it's just such a, it was such a like, wow, I feel relaxed. I feel optimistic. I feel comfortable and I'm like, there's something to this kratom, you know. So, we we started kind of mixing it into our lifestyle, um, in the you know drinking the kratom, and it's gotten to the point now where um, we actually bring a growler home, you know, like, like a 64 ounce growler you can buy and bring home a kratom, and I'll actually bring. I've got a little cup, you know, insulated cup here. I actually bring it to work with me, um, and I'll just sip it all day, especially if I know I'm going to have a very stressful day. Um, to help me out. So, I mean, that's kind of how we got exposed to it. Wow. That's so neat. So you, you kind of, you're driving home and you have this kind of like epiphany moment that it was relaxation that you were feeling. That is so cool. And was it, um, you know, did, was, why was it that, that you both kind of, uh, found 
that evening to be different like when you were in the car it sounds like you were talking on the way home and everything was your conversation just kind of like relaxed and different than how it had been in other times or yeah i mean it was it it was such a weird and you know people that like i work with some people i'll tell them i i I drink kratom and they'll you know they're like oh you're gonna fail a drug test what is that And and i try to explain to them i'm like no i said it's not like that but i think our conversation in the car i mean i think we had both been so tense for so long. I mean, I, you know, she's trying to start her own business, you know, everything that was going on with COVID and everything else crazy that's going on in the world. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I have a job that's that's stressful. Um, and I just think it was just for the first time in like a year and a half, we both just relaxed and we were kind of laughing at silly stuff like we used to, you know, when we were younger and just breathing, you know, deeper and, and just like, had like almost like a i don't want to say euphoric but maybe just like an optimistic feeling and we're like you know the only thing i can describe it to is if if i've worked with people that wanted to lose weight or or like maybe had an injury and i helped them get in shape and they look at me and they're like i never knew how bad i felt until now that i'm healthy or now that i've lost weight and i'm healthier i i I, I see how i must have felt and that's kind of how we felt with 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 that i mean we were like wow this is what it feels like to be relaxed and we'd forgotten what it felt like to just be relaxed and happy and you know, let things go a little bit. Wow. That is, that's such a cool intro to Kratom story. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if, um, if you, you had heard the episode where I really went into like how I discovered Kratom, but the long short of it would be that I kind of had a similar moment where I, um, I used to have these, uh, kind of like really mild Tourette ticks, physical ticks only. And I think that you have to have a vocal tick to be considered, you know, someone with Tourette's, but I, my, pediatrician when i was a kid said basically you have like really mild physical Tourette's it's just we can't like officially say you have it and um and so i was like moving my head all around and like moving my arms when i went to college and i tried kratom the first time i didn't notice much of a difference that evening but when i went to bed and i laid down i realized that i hadn't ticked all day and it was like i hadn't done that in years and it was kind of like this subtle but really amazing thing like an um, eye opener, yeah, yeah. Like this is relaxation. Wow. <laughs> um, so that that's so neat. So getting into what you just mentioned about your high stress job. So this is something that you brought up in your email, and you said that people don't, you know, really discuss this as much out in the kratom community. But um, you know, in addition to the ways that people use kratom with regards to recovering from addiction and um, social anxiety or related issues. You said there's also the average professional with a high stress job. So, are you? Do you want to talk a little bit about that in your life and how how it relates to kratom? Well, yeah. Like one of my hobbies, you know, is health and really like kind of like anti aging and, and and mental health and and mm. you know taking care of yourself. And one of the things that I find, like I'm I'm a financial analyst, you know, and our company's undergone a, a lot of changes in the last two years. So it's it's been you know just constant low boil stress and i think what happens to people is that you know we human beings were designed to have like a spike in adrenaline and cortisol you know go kill an animal bring it back to the cave and then sleep it off for three days and the way we are now with like work and and our phones and you know everything that's you're never out of the reach of something electronic our cortisol just stays elevated all the time and i think even like work, I'm sure you experience this. When you leave work, your stress doesn't stop. You 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 still have to think, if you have something to do at the end of the week, I mean, that's five days of stress knowing right. you have to get a project done. 
And I think we're just all walking around with these high levels of cortisol that makes us short-tempered. Um, it makes little things seem like bigger things when something happens, like somebody cutting you off in traffic or you spill something. And I, I think we're just constantly in this defensive fight or flight mode. And the, the one thing I noticed about, you know, when we go there and, you know, have either, you know, like my special routine is I have like a kava and then I have a red kratom and maybe two red kratoms depending on how late we're staying out. And I just feel like that stops that, it relaxes me and it just stops that fight or flight mode. And I come home and we'll watch TV and it's just, you know, or maybe sometimes we just sit on our porch and talk and it just, I can feel that whatever that valve is that pumps cortisol, like I can feel it like turn off. Um, mm -hmm. And when I wake up in the morning, I don't wake up already like I'm um, got my hackles up ready to, you know, argue or, or fight or, or be stressed. Like I, I'm, I'm starting the day in a much better mood. Um, even when I get to work, I'm, I'm starting the day much more pleasant. And, and I think just setting your day up that way just has made a huge difference in my life. Um, and I also think in our health, I, I think both of us have actually started, you know, sleeping better and, you know, definitely eating better because before we were bored we would just would go out to eat because there was nowhere else to go i think now that we have somewhere to go i mean we, we eat here we eat healthier save a little money and then we can go out and socialize or even if we don't socialize the two of us might just go work on something um i'm writing a book and she's designing so i just think that the the fight or flight i, I don't think enough people associate what kratom can do if you're stressed um, I just don't think enough people know about it. I think most people just associate it with like the CBD culture or, you know, something like that. And I think a lot of people have to really realize like, you know, maybe you don't need uh, any kind of prescription anti-stress. You don't need alcohol. You don't need to binge eat or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think more people need to know if you're a professional, you can drink Kratom. You're not going to be hungover. You can have a little, bring it to work. If you know you're going to have a stressful day, you're not going to, it's not going to affect you unless you just overindulge but and and i really think that for a professional to get sleep and to be able to be in a good mood and start your day you know sharp it's been it's been invaluable to me actually yeah i mean all that makes so much sense and i i also you know kind of like following up from from that i'm wondering it seems like from what you're saying it's not only the kratom but it's having this place of a have a kratom bar and people who are all there and it's not necessarily like people who are going there to, to drink and get drunk or anything but it's just this social spot how much i'd be interested to know how much of of this you know positivity that comes from this do you think in your life is just from having a space like this and how much do you think is coming from specifically like the kratom itself i think I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I do think a lot of it is having a space to go to. Um, we're very fortunate where I live. I mean, there's, I, I want to say there's like 10 of these so-called, we call them dry bars, you know, non-alcoholic bars. I think there's like 10 of them within where I work and where I live. Um, there's two that we frequent, you know, the most. One is Tide's Tea House. The other one is, is called Big Dog Kombucha. But, you know, there's a bunch of them here that seem, haven't been to all of them, but seem like good places. And I just think having a place to go and talk to people and sit at a bar and just hear people laughing, um, you know, has, has been a big 
you know, a big part of relieving my stress because when you come home from work, you don't feel like you just eat and crash on the couch. You know, I mm-hmm. think you just you go to even any like I said, a lot of times, even if we don't talk to anybody, just seeing other people out laughing and having fun is and just being in an environment where everybody seems to be in a good mood. It, you know, it, it does. It does help. Um, I do know that like on a Saturday, if we're not going anywhere and I start my day off with a white. I do feel better. Like, I mean, I, I definitely think that Kratom has a positive effect on you. You know, I think it's the combination of the two is what's really kind of made the change for us. Mm. Well, that's really, really cool. And I'm really happy that, that it has. I mean, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, I'm curious to know, does it, does Kratom affect you the same each time? It seems like you, you stick with the reds more, for instance, but does it affect you the same every time or does it kind of vary? Do you have tolerance? Um, I stick with red mostly. We'll, we'll, we'll get a thing of white and usually I'll take white in the morning if I know I'm going to have a, like a really stressful day. White seems to make me a little more, I would say maybe a little more energized, a, a, a little more, um, I don't want to say assertive, but, a, a, you know, just a little bit more pep in my step, whereas mm-hmm. the red just kind of seems to smooth me out. I think my tolerance is I want to say, you know, and this is maybe a good thing, has pretty much stayed level. I mean, I, I usually drink one 16-ounce glass of red tea, and, and that's it. I don't, I rarely ever have more than that, unless it's a really long, you know, we're out for a really long time. But I think my tolerance has, has stayed pretty consistent with, with that. Um, I have had two incidences where I I maybe drank a little too much, Um I have I have this weird thing where I don't like to waste food and my wife had ordered a Kratom and she didn't like the taste of it and I just was like I can't waste that I have to drink it and you know I did get a, I did get a little bit you know a little bit lightheaded maybe slightly nauseous for a little bit um, so I kind of know my like I said I know my limit is not to have really more than one 16 ounce glass maybe two if, if we're staying for a while but it does seem to affect me the same it's, it's just like a very subtle relaxation and calmness that comes over me um you know and i would say i'm very consistent with how it affects me Hmm. do you do you know how many uh grams are in that glass you know i do not (laughs) i don't yeah i mean it's the two places we go it's you know obviously they have it made or on tap um Mm. so i don't really you know i would say the taste and the strength is pretty consistent at both places but I, I do not, unfortunately, I do not know what the actual strength would be per, per glass. No, that's that's interesting to me because I've I've never been anywhere like <clears throat> I've never been to a place with a kratom bar, and so I've never been to one. And and I wasn't, you know, I didn't know if they measured it out by the grams or if it's completely different. And it, it's yeah. just a completely new experience that I hadn't done. So that's that's pretty cool. Kind of separating the, I mean, it's still consistent dosage. It sounds like they make it the same every time, but it's taking away that number um yeah so that's interesting do you do you know what uh well another question along those lines what do, does it say what type of red uh variety of kratom that it is or is it just like red white green at this bar uh the one place i go to is yeah it, it, i'm sure if i asked them they would would know they're very knowledgeable um but it just usually comes you know red white or green hmm. um the other place, same thing. Like the, the other place that I, I go to, it's called Big Dog Kombucha. They actually mix 
the kratom with kombucha and they serve it out of a keg it's actually uh wow almost slightly carbonated and it, you, you actually you know it has kegs and taps and it you know it actually comes out of a tap like a like a beer it looks like a beer um same thing it's a very very consistent effect there um and they that place actually has one where he combines kratom kava and kombucha on tap but i mean i think overall i want to say it's pretty consistent dosages but unfortunately i don't really know what strains they're using i could ask but i i'm sure they could tell me but i, I don't really know well you know i i find it so interesting just kind of again you know same as what i said last time in a way but i have never been to a kratom bar and i'm trying to like compare it to going to a bar with alcohol or like going to uh, a coffee shop like i half the coffee shops i've been to in life are probably more than that it just says dark roast, light roast, medium roast. I don't know where it's coming from or what type of bean it is. So right. it, it, it's I'm trying to like reorient my mind around a shop with kratom and think, does it? You know, that's just different. Um, what do you know the what's the legality of kratom in your state? I mean, obviously, if there are kratom bars, it's legal to to a degree where you can sell it. But do you know any specifics by chance? I know it's legal in Florida, I think, except for in like Sarasota County, I think is the only one mm. it's not. Um, but I, I do. I mean, it's 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 legal here because, like I said, they're they're where I live, you know, Space Coast area by Kennedy Space Center, Cocoa Beach. There are a lot of these like what we call dry bars popping up. If you go west towards Tampa, um, Fort Myers, between Fort Myers and Tampa, same thing. I mean, I've. I think there's actually more on the west coast of Florida, and now you're starting to see them kind of connect in the middle. Orlando has a bunch of them. So, I mean, I think from a legality point, you know, I, I think it's pretty open because everyone seems to be getting into the, the, the kava and the kratom, you know, trend. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really cool. That's neat. Um, Let's see, what else? I mean, I so you meet people at these bars and they're there to, to drink the kratom and kava as well. Have you noticed anything about like the types of friends you make there or just the types of people that go there? Uh, is there any sort of unifying factor or is it like, you know, older people, younger people from all over the place? Is there any sort of pattern? Um, I would say the, the place tides that we go to skews a little bit younger, um, but you do have people in our age group there. I mean, there are people there. We have met people there that have like got into kratom either like for pain or maybe to quit drinking alcohol um social anxiety but there's a lot of people that hang out there that i think just choose to go there as opposed to alcohol um you know and it's 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 more of a social thing the other place we go to big dog is a little bit of an older crowd and again i think the draw there is is the socialization for people who maybe don't drink it's somewhere to go somewhere to sit down and talk to people Right. Um, but you do meet people there. I've met people there. Same thing. Um, you know, maybe quit drinking. People our age that are like, listen, we just want to go somewhere and have a conversation with people and just socialize. Um, but I, I am seeing now at both places a trend in more professionals starting to come in. I am starting to see more people that I can, you know, look at and tell that they're probably a little bit more on the white collar side that have discovered like, Hey, this is, this is a good way to de-stress after, after work. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've thought about that so many times, like there are all these trends when it comes to, you know, 
Silicon Valley is the thing always that always comes to mind to me. There, there are always these articles in the paper every month somewhere that they're like, oh, you know, this is the new thing that people in Silicon Valley are doing. And isn't that ahead of its time and interesting? And I think that they were like talking about all these nootropics that they're taking in the past couple of years. And I've seen a couple things about Kratom, but not really. But I would think that it would be like a huge hit for people like that. I would assume so. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like, you know, we've got, you know, Elon Musk has his rockets out here, you know, and I would think, you know, uh-huh. just from what I've heard that people that work for for his company about how hard they have to work and stuff, the hours, right? I, I kind of feel like it's just a matter of time before the, the, that catches on there, you know. And again, the, the point I make to people I work with is that I could be having a bad day. And then at lunch, just go sit outside somewhere nice. You know, fortunately, we live close to the beach and have have, have a my little thermos of red. And it's not like, you know, if I went to a bar on my lunch hour and, you know, had a bourbon, <laughs> I get in trouble. You know, I can go have a, a glass of red and, and relax and go back. And if I'm tackling like a really hard problem or I got to deal with a difficult conversation, my approach is always so much better. And, and I tell people that's the one thing I like about this is it's not doesn't impair me in any way um as long as i'm responsible and you know i I think it's a matter of time before you're going to start seeing professionals um really really start to discover this in fact i really suspect that you're going to see a boom in these dry bars probably starting in florida i know they've got some in california is another big place for them i think you're going to see them start really popping up here in the next couple of years i I think it's going to become like a trendy thing I i really do yeah, it certainly seems like that's that's the way that it, that I could see it really becoming more popular because it's it's already growing and I've seen plenty of different figures about how many people use it, but I've seen anywhere from like 2 to 3 million figure and then and then that's the lower end and then on the upper estimate I think the American Kratom Association says like up, up almost 16 million people might use it, but there's not like enough research or information to know, but it's uh, one thing everyone knows is that it is growing, the number of people using Kratom. Right. So it, it's definitely getting somewhere. Um, I wonder, you know, thinking about uh, your your work, what is your, what are your, do, do your coworkers know that you use Kratom? And if so, what do they think about it? Mentioned it to a couple of them. Um, you know, it, like I said, the usual reaction is either they have no idea what it is, or if they've heard of it, they think it's like some some form of marijuana or CBD or something like that. Um, I try to explain it to them, and, and I mean, there's a couple of people there that are somewhat familiar with it, but I I've not gotten much buy-in on anyone else like wanting to try it, and I I think there's still a stigma. The question I get all the time is, will that show up on a drug test? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, no, it's not a drug. It's a plant, you know, and I still think there's that stigma that they're afraid that it's, you know, a controlled substance. I mean, I, th- I think that's the one the one thing that Kratom has to like over the one stigma, you know, again, is that, you know, again, we have so many of them here in Florida. You'll see a smoke shop and they'll get that stereotypical flag, you know, that they put out in front of the smoke shop that says Kratom. And that you know, and they just start selling the kratom, kratom pills or powders or whatever. Um, so I still think that that stigma is there, especially for professionals. You know, maybe they don't think they associate it with like, you know, 
smoke shops and these seedy things. And, you know, I just, I think once you get them to step outside of their box and try it and actually go to one of these places and see that, you know, there's a people there are very nice. You know, everybody there is very respectful, um, good community, a lot of fundraisers in the community, um, a lot of helping each other out. And I think once they, they see that, I think the stigma will start start melting, you know, going away. Yeah, yeah. And is, you know, speaking to the smoke shops, smoke shock, wow, smoke shops aspects of that, it, it, I think that is where a lot of the stigma comes from. Um, I remember from the hearing that happened a couple of weeks ago in Louisiana in this in uh, Ascension Parish where they're considering an ordinance to ban Kratom there, they, you know, on multiple occasions, people said that there's a smoke shop right near a rehab center and they sell Kratom and they have a flag out front and smoke shops are really, you know, weird. And so they're very, you know, skeptical of it. And, and I think that the fact that there's this overall approach from the American Kratom Association to have consumer protection acts put in place in states as kind of a way to reassure lawmakers that you know it's not going to be the wild west um and that there's going to be some sort of regulation around how you produce and everything what what do you think about that like what if are you what do you think should be the case for regulation around kratom do you think there should be any regulation if if so what should that look like and if not you know what's your thinking on that um i do think there should be regulation um maybe pertaining you know i'd say for one age i i think you should have to be 18 mm. to be served kratom or to buy kratom i mean i think that would be my my first thing i mean i think that just like cigarettes i mean i think once you're 18 you can make your own decisions but i think younger than that i agree there probably should be some regulation um i also think that there should be some sort of you know quality I don't know how they would do it. Some sort of quality regulation um, or at least, uh, you know, some sort of like dosage education regulation where, you know, you know how like if you buy like a monster energy drink, it'll say on the back, you know, X amount of caffeine, do not drink more than one in X amount of hours. Granted, people still do. But I think with Kratom, if it's going to spread and, you know, they're going to sell it in in the, the, the gas stations and the smoke shops. I mean, I do think maybe it's some sort of warning label like that. Like, you know, this is the content of this. Do not have more than this in a 24 hour period. Just so people will be kind of aware of, of you know, making sure they don't make themselves, you know, make themselves sick. I don't, I don't, I haven't heard of anybody really getting seriously sick on Kratom. I mean, I'm sure it's happened. More I'll hear a story of someone that maybe had a couple too many and maybe got nauseous and that, that's about the extent of it. Um, but I mean, I think the one good thing about going to a lot of the places like here, the, the, that serve it, people that work there are very knowledgeable and helpful. Um, and if you're new and you say, Hey, I've never had this before. I mean, most of them will bend over backwards to describe to you what Kratom is, what Kava is, how you should drink it, how much to have. I mean, you know, they want their customers to be responsible as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm still like whenever someone asks me about what it is exactly if it comes up somehow in conversation i still have no idea how to explain what kratom is yeah <laughs> i've tried so many times but it just uh, i don't know i feel like it, no matter what it always ends up coming to the opioid idea yeah and it's just unavoidable what do you think about uh that do you think that there's any 
danger to Kratom use and do you think people get addicted to it and what do you think about that? I think if you have an addictive personality you could get addicted to Kratom maybe not physically where you'd suffer withdrawals but I mean I do think if you're someone that maybe does have like chronic pain or maybe social anxiety you know I, I could see how drinking the Kratom and feeling good could be slightly addictive but the analogy I use is that there are people who are addicted to exercise. Mm. They like the way it makes them feel. There are people who are addicted to coffee. Can't start the day without coffee. Um, cigarettes, you know, obviously, and, and cigarettes are bad, you know, proven to be bad for you. I mean, I think I think if you're someone who says, you know, wakes up and says, I, I, I can't go out and talk to my coworkers if I don't have, you know, two, two reds or two whites. Yeah, I mean, I do think that could be a little bit problematic, but... I think that's up to the individual person to try to like decide for themselves if 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 they feel like they're getting a little too dependent on it, um, you know, for whatever reason. I I don't see anyone getting dependent on it to where it becomes a, you know, you hear about these people who are on like pain pills, and in fact, I read a story today about an athlete. You know, he was taking like sixty four pain pills a day. You know, he was so addicted to him. And I don't feel like Kratom could do that because I kind of feel like if you drank two, three teas, you'd probably get nauseous before you would overindulge. Like, I mean, I feel like it's almost self-limiting in that manner. Now, I have never taken Kratom powder ever. Any my All of my experience with Kratom has been drinking it through a tea or a drink that someone else had prepared. So, mm. you know, I don't know how easy it is to overdo it with the with the powders or the pills. But I mean, as far as drinking it, I, I think if you got sick once, you kind of like alcohol, you kind of learn your lesson a little bit. Yeah, I would think that too. And I, coming from the side where I have taken the powder and the capsules, but I, I do do tea as well. Um, I can't, that's the question I've brought up a lot, actually, in, in my own mind, and probably, yeah, I've mentioned it a bunch of times on this show too, which is that, you know, I've looked at at stories on Reddit, for instance, of people who are talking about how they're going through a withdrawal from kratom use, and the stories, like I, I, I completely believe them. I, I don't, I don't cast doubt on their stories unless I should have a reason to. But it's like they're mentioning that they take fifty grams of kratom a day, twice a day for like three years, and and then they stop cold turkey. And my first thought is like. If you're doing anything in that much excess twice a day for like three years, five years, some people say like 10 years, and then you stop one day, I would think you'd be addicted to just about anything in that case. And uh, so I wouldn't put it past anyone in that case, but like 50 to grams a day, I've seen people say 80 or 100. It's like, I can't imagine eating <laughs> or ingesting that much powder. Like, <laughs> I mean, even with tea at that point, how would you drink that much? I think that it, the only way it could be done is just like through extracts, I think. Yeah, and I I think that, yeah, I mean, to me, taking that much of anything is, is, is it becomes work. I mean, you, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's like work. <laughs> I, where's the fun in that? Um, I, I will say that I have always, I've kind of shied away from extracts um, mm-hmm. just for that reason. I was like, eh, I don't know how strong that is. And I kind of like the, the slow burn that I get from just drinking, you know, a prepared tea or, 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 you know, something prepared like that. Um, but you know, again, if you have an addictive personality, I think you can get addicted to anything. I mean, I know someone that got addicted to chewing gum, you know, Mm -hmm. literally could not stop chewing gum. It was, you know, a nervous thing. So I think if you have an addictive personality and 
you're going to try to create them. I, yeah, I think you should have some caution and just make sure you're not over relying on it for, for any reason. Um, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's any more of a danger to be become an addiction problem than coffee or cigarettes or exercise or something like that. I mean, or, I mean, you know, going on social media is probably a worse addiction than Kratom in my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you going to say something else? No, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know, what else, is there anything else that you think about when you're thinking about Kratom that you feel like people should talk more about or anything else you want to mention here? Yeah, I mean, like, and it's kind of what I said in my email, you know, I, I kind of feel whenever I read an article about Kratom, it is through the lens of someone who, you know, had pain problems or, you know, was an alcoholic or was using it to quit opioids. And I think that's great. I think if you are addicted to horrible pharmaceuticals and you can get off of them and you can have Kratom to kind of kill those urges. I mean, I, I really feel like that's a, that's a positive. Um, but I just, you know, talking to someone who's going through AA and has found these dry bars, you know, this Kratom bar, you know, one thing that really stuck out to me, and I don't think this comes up in the conversation with Kratom with lawmakers, is that if you're an Alcoholics Anonymous or you're recovering and you go to your support group, you know, normally you're meeting, you know, with other people in the same, you know, having the same problems. You're in like some dusty church basement somewhere, you know, mm. kind of ostracized away from everybody. And the comment he made to me is he said, a lot of the reason a lot of people maybe slip back into to drinking or the pills is that, you know, you try to quit. You can't hang out with your friends. You can't go to your local bar anymore. And you're just sitting home alone or you go into this, you know, basement after work and, and just sitting in a circle with, you know, bad coffee. And if he said, I, I felt ostracized. That's what he said. He goes, I felt ostracized. Like you can't hang out with normal people, you know, because you have this problem. And then he's kind of discovered these, these, you know, dry bars and, and Kava and Kratom. And he's like, this is a game changer. He's like, I can I can hang out with normal people. I can have fun. I can laugh. I socialize. And he says the urge to drink or do drugs just doesn't come up anymore because that itch is being fulfilled with, you know, either the calming, you know, effects of, of, of the Kratom or the Kava. And he's getting a social, you know, his social filled, you know, by just hanging out in, in a place where there's a lot of positive, happy people. Mm. And I, I just don't think that that kind of, preventative side of any natural medicine i mean kava kratom um you know any of the healthy mushrooms i mean i'm, I'm into a lot of the you know a lot of the really healthy eating and i i just don't think that ever gets really brought up in the discussion um that that side of it and you know the analogy i use is that you know, when we, we have those lane assist on our mirrors on our cars, you know, you go to change a lane and it gives you that, that beep. Mm -hmm. People probably set that off millions of times a day and, it, you know, probably scrolling on their phone while they're driving. We never hear about it. Probably happens millions of times a day. We don't hear about it because there was no accident. They got back in their lane and, you know, the day was saved. So we don't know. I mean, I think in, in general, we know that those things are, are the, the lane change things are valuable, but I don't think we would know the true numbers of how many accidents those things have prevented. And I think with Kratom and specifically going to a place that serves Kratom and Cobb in a social environment, you don't really know the numbers of how many people had, you know, some sort of problem, be it pain pills, alcohol, loneliness, depression, whatever. 
we don't know how many lives have been saved or made better by having these places. So you don't you don't have that side of the argument. And and I think that's something that we have to start thinking about a little bit more, especially today with everybody being so stressed out and angry all the time. And, you know, just the, the way everything is, the media is just so negative and everything's in our face. I mean, I think that side of the argument needs to, to get out there in the, in the creative community. That is such a good point, and I, you're totally right. Like I've never heard that one before. I think that the, the, the idea behind it has maybe popped up in different places, and I've thought about the social aspect and how important that is. But that the idea of like this kind of already exists in terms of AA, but it's like the more stigmatized and you know more depressed kind of version in this dark basement, you know, kind of stereotype. Um, I, that's that's such a good point, and I feel like that that would have a lot of draw and impact on people who don't really know what kratom is and are kind of just scared and skeptical of it, given the opioid epidemic. That's right. such a cool point. Wow. Um, it, how much do you think, in terms of like the actual legislation, people passing laws against kratom? There's five or six states that have kratom illegal and there's all these local laws that get put in place um do you think that people who are in these elected roles that they just like don't know enough about it and that's why they're making it illegal or do you think they they do know enough about it and they just have other reasons because to me i just feel like it's so obvious that this is not an issue that they need to be dealing with and especially in that way but it's just totally not that like they're just going after a fly with a bazooka and i feel like they're just scared because for the past 20 years what they've been trying isn't working when it comes to the opioid crisis and that they just want to get rid of anything that is remotely similar in their mind and that they don't actually know what it is that's just my theory but do you have any thoughts on that no i 100 percent think that lawmakers that choose banning kratom as their horse to ride in on have no idea what it is or its effects or how it's used. I, I think they want to do something to get their name in the paper. Doing something like banning Kratom is something that they feel like they can get past. And then it looks like they did something, you know, in this war on drugs and they give themselves a pat on the back. And mm. I, to me, any lawmaker, and like I said, I'm, I'm fortunate to live in Florida where I, I get, at least where we live, no one really seems to make a big deal over it but i would like one of those lawmakers to say well before you do that why don't you come and talk to some people you know and, and visit some of these places that serve it and you know at least get the testimony from the people who are using it um mm-hmm. and learn about it i mean learn if, if you're a lawmaker and you want to fund a study on the effects of kratom on people i'm fine with that i mean i, I think that's fine get, get the knowledge first but um you know i i I think that they need to, before they make a law like that, just to, to make a law like that, to, you know, put a feather under their cap. I, I think you, you need to learn exactly what, what you're doing. And, you know, again, there's a lot of people, you ban Kratom, how many of those people that have been using this to not have alcohol, to not have opioids, to not, you know, have suicidal thoughts and depression and isolation, how many, you're not thinking about how you're affecting those people, as well as all the businesses, you know, people have put their hard earned, um, time and money to open these kratom kava shops you know it's a new thing and they took a big risk and 
you know, you're punishing people like that as well. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, with any law, I think, I think these people have to, they got to learn, you know, and, and I think even the people that hear it, I think people read like, Hey, we, this lawmaker wants to ban Kratom. It's an opioid like substance. I think most people don't read any further than that. And they're like, Oh yeah, this is opium, like ban it. And I don't, I, I think a lot of people that don't know what it is also need to be a little bit more educated, you know, before they make a, a decision like that. Mm. Wow. Preach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I honestly loved this conversation. It really enlightening the ideas you're bringing up there. A lot of them are, are very new to me and I, I, I have to sit on them and think about it because I think that they're going to start popping up everywhere. I look when it comes to looking at like news with Kratom or articles or just talking with other people. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share all this with me and with everyone here and for writing in your email. And I hope that you'll stay in touch and maybe we can do this again. No, absolutely. And I, I don't know what area of the country you live in, but if you're ever on the uh, Space Coast area of Florida, you know, definitely drop me a line and, and I'll take you to some of these places, you know, so you can see, you know, see what kind of, you know, experience it and see what it's like. That would be great. That's definitely got to be a future episode. Yeah, <laughs> On yeah, site visit. <laughs> yeah, we can do it. We can do a visit and a tasting, you know. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, I, I, I am definitely going to try and do that because that'd be amazing. So, yeah. uh, Ron from Florida, thank you so, so much. All right. Thank you and have a good evening. You too.